Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Yeah, this is the place where we celebrate our pets. We make sure they're healthy and happy, and hopefully you have either pet insurance or put money away just in case something catastrophic happens to your animals. You never want to be put in a situation where you have to decide whether or not to euthanize them because you're short a few thousand dollars. And today we're going to find out there's a brand new alternative to pet insurance. And this doc, I believe he's a physician, a surgeon. A human doctor. A human doctor, is Mm -hmm. it? He has a brand new digital or online company that is an alternative to pet insurance. We'll find out what that's all about coming up here on Animal Radio before we leave today. Also, Joey Villani, the dog father, continues to get in trouble with his peers. I'm talking about, Uh-oh. yes, his groomer friends. His groomer friends hate him because he's always coming on animal radio and telling us the tricks that groomers use. And, Uh-oh. yep, today it will happen again. So get your pen and paper ready. We're going to help you keep your dog groomed just like the groomers. Hey, Gwen. Hi. How are you doing? Gwen was the first name of I'm one good. of my first Thank fish. You. I love that name. Uh-huh. I named my fish Gwen. Yes, I oh, okay. I bet you're thrilled. <laughs> yeah, sorry I had to bring that up. Gwen, what's going on with your animals? Pardon me? What's going on? How can we help you? I have Dr. Uh, Debbie right has, here. So every time he, we take him, have him flea dipped and everything, he continually gets fleas. A lots of fleas. Is this a dog? Yes. Okay, what kind of dog you got there? A cockapoodle. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Adorable little guys. What color is he? He's white. Aw. All right. So so he's got fleas, and are they treating him when you get him groomed? Do you treat him at home with anything? With front line, yes. Okay. And we even had a doggy collar on him, and it's not doing any good. All right. What part of the country are you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, you guys certainly got... Where are you? I'm in, uh, I'm normally, I practice in Las Vegas, so in California, you you guys have all sorts of fun with fleas that we don't get to have here in Las Vegas. We have a very dry climate, so they don't really thrive very well, but certainly in California, the moisture, um, definitely, it's a haven for fleas. And, you know, the trick with fleas is that one product doesn't always do the trick alone. And in many areas, the reinfestation of fleas is huge. So you could treat the pet, and everything on the pet can be killed. But if they're going back into the environment where the fleas are, which is very common in areas like California, there's fleas outside, um, it, it isn't uncommon for them to get reinfested. So you, we always kind of have to look at that as a possible reality and make sure that we're doing everything we can, not just on the pet, but even in the home or even in the yard to treat. Okay. It's kind of what we call integrated flea control. So we want to treat kind of more than just one method. Um, and if one product doesn't do you very good, you know what? There's a lot of other good ones out there. And in fact, uh, Advantage and uh, Advantix, they, that's kind of a whole line of different uh, flea products. Um, they have some very good um, products that can be helpful. And some pets, it might work better for your pet. Um, and uh, I definitely endorse a product that has um, a combination of different ways that we can attack these critters. So there's little eggs, there's little larvae, and then there's the adults. So if we can find a product or products that tackles more than one 
life cycle of this, then um, then we're doing really good. So you you might want to look at um, you know perhaps looking at Advantage Two um, or Advantix Two. Those might be some of the ones you want to look to. Um, but I would say faithful. I mean, you got to stay on top of fleas. They reproduce like crazy. So one little flea can certainly add to many, many generations beyond. So um, one bite and one flea can leave your pet scratching and leave you running in circles after these guys. So Right. And so is uh, there one anything other... other than advantage you would suggest that I could uh, bathe him in from their products or is it anything that I'm not doing right because we constantly, and he was scratching so bad till he scratched it. I just take it into the bed, came home two days, and he was scratching like he was, he scratching until his little neck was bleeding. Oh, goodness. Ooh. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes we do actually prescribe anti-itch products if if they're digging themselves up so badly because part of that is comfort and we want to stop that itch cycle while we're killing these critters. So um, if, if the vet hasn't already done something to help, um, some dogs I'll add in a little bit of a prednisone just to kind of help curb that uh, really intense itch. Um, but a lot of it is I think we might want to look at the environment and making sure that we're treating the yard, treating the house. Okay, um, okay and so what really, would you use on the yard? Um, as far as it's... I personally prefer using a professional, um, getting a, an exterminator to treat the yard appropriately. Um, that would be one big thing. Now, some simple things around inside the house is that um, if you're using flea uh, collars, a lot of times we have to address the vacuum because when you suck up those little flea eggs, they can live and grow and reproduce inside the vacuum bag. So you want to make sure that you're changing your vacuum bag. bag. So once I've taken bath in the house, clean the filter. Yeah, so you want to make sure you empty your vacuum, whatever kind of vacuum you got. And in, okay. in the kind that you have, if you have an actual bag, in many cases we'll put a little bit of a, a flea or tick uh, collar. I'll put that actually in the bag to help uh, kind of kill them um, as they're kind of coming around. So that would be definitely one big thing. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of debate about this in the vet world, whether or not we have drug-resistant fleas out there. Um, and there are some veterinary researchers that say, you know, in some areas of the country, these critters are getting stronger. And that's one other reason maybe for kind of mixing it up and trying alternate products for you. Um, okay. One other thought that also is a bit controversial is that um, it's sometimes that when folks purchase flea and tick products from alternate sources, there's some concern about whether it's really that same product that you would get at your veterinary office. And there are, believe it or not, instances of counterfeit flea and tech products out there that are sold through catalogs and so forth. No, no, so I don't if, do that. I buy it from the store. Okay, so if you're getting it from your veterinarian, um, those are guaranteed, and uh, that's certainly much different than if you're buying it on the Internet or getting it shipped no, in because you don't know. store, Walmart, or either the pet shop. Mm, okay. All right. S- still might be room for maybe talking to your veterinarian and see what they have on their shelf and what they might recommend. Because if okay. these products are coming through these outside channels, through non-veterinary channels, there can be the potential that they're coming from um, other sources. So it, it was just not something to consider. Walmart. Are you, you're familiar with Walmart stores, right? Yeah, but they're not a veterinary yeah. office, and, and they don't have a veterinary license to buy these products from the source. So that that's certainly the concern with some of these things. Oh, so. okay. Okay, then I'll just get it from the vet. Okay. Yeah. But I think some of those are some of the things you can do to tackle things and, uh, you know, stay vigilant. Really uh, keep up the, the hard work. 
um, and uh, make sure we do treat the environment along with the pet. And uh, if you have any other pets that are in the home, make sure they're being treated concurrently because cats, dogs pass these things around, rabbits, ferrets. Um, so you got to treat all the little critters, otherwise you're going to just keep having problems there. So okay. my best wishes to you, and I hope the itch and the scratch stops, and you make me really happy I live in a dry climate so I don't have those fleas. <laughs> so have a great one. Thank Thanks you for, for calling. Thanks call, Gwen. We appreciate it. Animal communicator Joy Turner, can you communicate to fleas? Could you could you ask them to, you know, evacuate, go away? I have actually tried this. The way I have found it to work for me is interesting. Anyone could do this. I actually told them if they continued to come and mess with my kids, I was going to actually try to do something to get rid of them, which for me, I use borax, 20-mule team borax on my sure. carpets. And that pretty much keeps the fleas away. I am not infested here in Washington. I know California is much different oh, yeah. than Washington is for fleas. But you can do it. You can talk to them. Um, most of the time, they kind of turn a deaf ear unless you give them a consequence that's enough that they'll actually pay attention to. Like, I'll get you all dead unless you pay attention. But California, <laughs> I lived in California for a while. And I'll tell you, those guys just are like... We don't care what you do. We have so many. We don't care. <laughs> hey, Paul, how are you? Wonderful. Well, I've got quick questions. How how short should nails be clipped? And I know there are, I think, clippers you can buy in pet areas or pet stores. Um, mm -hmm. um, is that something that the owner, um, uh, you, you know, providing there's not too much tremble in my hands or whatever that I could uh, successfully trim her, her nail, his nails? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on both the person and the kitty. Um, and I, I, that's one reason why with kittens, I love to get them used to having their nails trimmed with just human, like, toenail number, uh, nippers or fingernail nippers, because that's just yeah. really quick, easy to control. You can do it by yourself without a lot of restraint, and you can get them used to that feeling of having their nails handled when they're young. But as an adult, um, there's all different styles of nail trimmers. For me, the most important thing is having a, um, a cat that, you know, is restrained, that it's not going to um, hurt themselves. So for some cats, it may be restraint, may be sitting on their bum with their feet in the air, with their Buddha bella facing up, and you just trim in their nail. And they may be cool with that. But if not, then I usually recommend to have a second person kind of help distract mm -hmm. and just make sure that the kitty is staying in one position so you don't accidentally cut into the sensitive part of the nail, which will set off a bad experience and kind of worsen your chance that you're going to be able to trim nails in the future. But I mean, yeah. you can go too short. The guideline is to really look into what we call the nail for the quick. And the quick is a darker area that runs through the nail that has the blood vessel and the nerve okay. in there. So as long as you're staying a few millimeters away from that and not getting too short, your cat shouldn't feel anything other than just that little bit of pressure. The way I recommend to help them feel more comfortable is to, when I, when I hold a paw, I'm right-handed, so I put the trimmers in my right hand, and I hold on to, say, the paw with my left. I use my thumb to press on the top of the nail, and I'm actually going to press it kind of like I'm extruding the nail, like the cat's like, choo -choo, you know, nails are going out. So I'm actually pressing on the top of the nail to stick the, the claw out, and then that keeps it from moving. So the kitty won't move, the nail doesn't move. I trim the nail, I release that 
toe, and then I go to the next toe again and then press on the top of it. So if you keep that pressure on the top of the individual nail as you're trimming it, um, you'll you'll feel more comfortable and you have better control as you're uh, doing that trim. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306. Hey, everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. This is an employer that I would like to work for. In an effort to keep employees happy, some companies are now offering discounted pet insurance. Firms like SC Johnson, TD Bank, and Travelocity provide discounted health coverage for workers' pets through Pet Plan Pet Insurance. Pet Plan has seen tremendous growth in this area of voluntary benefits. Co-CEO Chris Ashton said that in this struggling economy, employers are increasingly looking for low-cost options to keep their employees happy, noting pay cuts, heavy workloads, high health insurance costs, and reduced 401k matches. John Bremen, a managing director and employer consultancy, Towers Watson, said companies are just trying to find ways to appeal to the workforce. You know what? This is one that would work for me. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. That's right. It's Animal Radio. You lucky dog. Coming up in just a few minutes, there is an alternative to pet insurance. Alternative? Really? I, I did not know this until today. Hmm. Uh, apparently, you don't have to. I, of course, I, I've never been a big proponent myself. No, let me just say that. I personally don't have pet insurance. I take a little money. I put it into a savings account. It gains a little bit of interest. And hopefully, I'll never be caught off guard. See, I'm sorry I didn't get it for my dog. Yeah, she you was are. Younger. Oh, I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to get them when they're young. Too. Yeah, she's had several thousands of dollars worth of surgeries on her legs that I could have saved a lot of money on. Now, on the flip side, pet insurance is good for people that uh, suddenly come up against some catastrophic event that you mm-hmm. know costs thousands of dollars. So ten thousand dollars for me. Yeah. Yeah. How much was it? Yeah, it was ten thousand dollars, and I think insurance covered eighty one hundred dollars worth of it. Oh wow! Wow! So it was yeah. So you're glad was, you had it. What was it? What what kind of? Uh, 
You know what? My my one Karen Terry, a Buster, um, he first came down with a mass um, cell um, oh, tumor, and they, had to take, they, yeah. they were going to take his um, front leg. And and after we we did that, um, at the time, my my wife at that time um, basically said, you know, let's get insurance. And then shortly after, um, I, and I I don't even remember what it was. He's had so many surgeries because he's he's going to be eighteen now, believe wow. it or not. And that's wow. when he was two, but um, it saved us a lot of money. Insurance really did. Yeah, well, it it can save. I mean, you don't want to ever have to be put in a choice of whether or not to euthanize your animal because you don't have enough money oh, yeah. to care for them. Mm-hmm. And they are family members now. And you know what? A lot of companies, employers are looking for employees by using benefits like pet insurance. You know, if you get pet insurance through your job, you're one of the few, but more and more businesses are doing that now. It seems to be key, but there mm-hmm. is an alternative to it. And we're going to talk to Dr. Allen. Please help me with his last name, Judy. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to say Kamrava. Kamrava. Dr. Alan Kamrava. He's a physician and a surgeon. He's the founder of USO, the cheapest alternative to pet insurance. And he's coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Joey, what are you working on? You know what? I want to talk about if you take your dog on a hike, um, you know, what to do about those burrs and foxtails. Okay. Those are dangerous. Those, uh, you know, they seem like, I swear to God, those foxtails are alive because they just (laughs) dig deeper and deeper. Into uh, they and they go into the pads of their feet, you know, or other places. We had a cat that got one in her mouth and it went through her cheek and her face was all swollen and had to be. Mm. It was a big abscess. They're not pleasant. No. How about you, Doctor Debbie? Where's the worst place you've ever seen a foxtail embedded? Oh, I have two places, undoubtedly. One is I had a dog that had several of them in the conjunctiva around the eye. So they were kind of poking out when you could pull the lid down. You could see these things kind of, and you had to kind of grasp them and remove them. That was was bad enough. The other was a female dog that had um, it down in the vulva. So it actually went up her girl parts, migrated through the skin, and came out on her lower abdomen. So it was really quite a horrible thing, but so relieving to, you know, find that and um, treat it. Uh, So they go to the darndest places. Do they, I know like ticks, there's a special way to get ticks out, but with foxtails, since they are barbed and they're backwards barbed, do you have to remove them a special way? Well, you just hope to get all of it. So um, depending, sometimes you'll get the two drain holes, and commonly in between the toes, there'll be like two holes. So we just want to grab at the end that where it's kind of at its narrowest, so then you get the most of it kind of coming with it. It depends on how long they've been in there. I've had a dog that, one dog, had had it for months, and it was so difficult, um, one, to convince the pet owner to let us put the dog under because we knew it was a foxtail. But then by the time we got to actually doing the procedure, there was so much inflammation and the foxtail itself had kind of broken down so it came out in pieces so those are more challenging and you you hope you get it all in, in those situations if they're more chronic i've heard um, that if they go in through their ear they can go to their brain and harm their yeah, harm they can them. go yeah they can go through the ear canal but that would be definitely um usually with the eardrum they will or with the ear they'll rupture through the eardrum and then inside the ear on the inner ear it's a bony chamber so they really don't go through that but they will embed in the middle ear and kind of sit there um, on rare occasion they might migrate out the ear canal and go into the tissues around the ear but they won't go to the brain no oh okay well i'm delighted to tell you this portion of animal radio is brought to you by red barn now listen up in just a couple of seconds i'm going to give you a promo code to save 10 percent off your next purchase 
and I'm looking at the side of the package with the ingredients. The first five ingredients feature real animal protein. That's how you know it's good. It's going to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. That's because your dog, well, they love meat. Now get ready to save 10% anytime you go over to their website. Just use the promo code ANIMALRADIO. That's all one word, ANIMALRADIO. Once again, head on over to redbarn.com and put in Animal Radio, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio, and i just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet, and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make, and hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. For years, animal lovers and animal welfare organizations have been working so hard to end dog and cat meat sales, you know, that keep the dog meat farms in South Korea and China's infamous Yulin Meat Festival in business. Well, last week, there was a huge step toward that goal here when the U.S. House of Representatives passed bipartisan legislation named the Dog and Cat Meat Trade Prohibition Act. Now, that is going to make it illegal to knowingly slaughter, ship, transport, move, uh, deliver, receive, just about anything, possess, purchase, even sell or donate a dog or cat or even their body parts for human consumption. And it also authorizes anybody who does any of that in the U.S. would receive a fine of up to $5,000 for each violation. Can I just say, I didn't know that was happening in the U.S. It's really not. It's not a big problem here. Um, so I, I kind of wonder the same thing. Hmm. But at least it puts it on the books that we are opposed to it, um, that we have taken action against it. And they also, at the same time, Hal, created um, another piece of legislation that kind of goes with that hand in hand, that it says that, that we urge other countries to take the same step. Here, here. Okay. All right. So whether it's dogs or cats that make you happy, that's really what's important, right? So this dog versus cats argument is probably going to go on forever. But now there's a new survey that says dog owners are officially happier than cat owners, <laughs> but only by 4%. Okay, it's not, 
It's not a huge deal. Uh, they are going to beat this thing. It is interesting, though, that the pets part of this survey was only a, a really small component of it since it was actually conducted by Life is Good and was more about optimism and positivity overall than dogs or cats. But that was their bottom line on that. And one of the most captivating and, gosh, scary viral videos of the past week was taken by a passenger on a small boat while, while sitting out in the ocean whale watching. And to be honest with you, this is a real, I watched it, is a real holy doo-doo moment when this boat is in the water and a, a gigantic humpback whale the tail of the whale breaks the water surface directly in front of the boat as if the whale was doing an underwater handstand. <laughs> it was amazing. The tail actually came down and tapped the boat. Didn't tip it, though. But it, it, think about it. It's pretty scary that a humpback whale is more than 50 feet long. Uh. They generally weigh about 40 tons, and a humpback whale's tail is 18 feet wide. Jeez. That's bigger than all of our studios hooked together here. That would be a clothes change moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. Oh, hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I guess this is me. Yeah, well, I was going to... I, I, I see the violin players, so... They you know. <laughs> come in here. You know, I was just thinking that our animals, they know when they look good, don't they? I mean, if they get a good cut, they know it. They, they strut. They strut their stuff. They do. They definitely do. It's funny because when a dog comes in, an extreme case especially, it's funny because a lot of times it's um, shelter pets. I think I think they realize it the most um, yeah. when when you get one of them that hasn't been groomed in a long time and all of a sudden, and they may fight you through the whole experience of it and <laughs> thinking they're having this horrible time, and then they're done and they're proud, like they're you know, like beating their chest and, and saying, look at me, so... No, it's, 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 yeah, they know it. They definitely know it. So I want to talk about, um, you know, we, we take our pets out and, and the leaves are falling and there's burrs and foxtails and thorns and depending on where you're at, um, you know, it's all different things. And, um, especially the dogs that have coat, um, dogs that have a long coat that, that pick up these things. And some of them, like, like the foxtails, um, could, could be very, very, um, damaging. Nasty. Yeah, it's 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 funny because they could just keep burrowing burrowing their way you know into a pet's skin, so grooming is extremely important. So a lot of people ask me what what can you do, and there's a couple of really easy things. Um, besides the norm, which is after you're done brush and comb, and get the ones that are still loose that are um you know in in the coat, get them off of the pet. But what we find out is a clean dog actually gets less burrs and, and, and foxtails, mainly because it doesn't have anything to really stick to except the coat itself. When it's combined with dirt and oil, it just makes it hold to the coat a little bit longer. So a clean pet, um, and it sounds crazy because people go, well, the last thing I want to do is clean my, my pet before we, you know, we go out on a hike. And that's fine. Use the dry shampoo, something, you know, something easy, cornstarch, you know, 
comb that through, brush that through the coat, get rid of the dirt and oils, because that is actually will act as a cleaning agent. Do it outside because it'll make a mess, but um, it works really well. But if you can find yourself a nice um, silicone-based coat spray, and a lot of times they don't say it, so what you do is just you know spray some on your hand. Don't tell the the the, the department store you're doing it. S- and silicone and and, and silicone-based. Oh, okay. Um, coat spray. Hmm. Spray it in your hand, and when it dries, it should be slick. It should almost leave like a residue. I don't like using this often, but once a week is fine. Spray it in, comb it through, because what that's going to do is going to make it slick where these burrs will come out a lot easier um, when you comb, or maybe they won't stick at all. But you know what? It's 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 important that you do grooming after you take a, a good hike out in, in the woods or weeds, wherever you're going. I would think silicone would be dangerous. Well, some coat sprays, um, and, and matter of fact, a lot of a lot of people products have it in there. It's, it's, yeah, but it's, we don't um, lick our skin, or we don't lick. Well, our no, but it's pharmaceutical grade. It's, you know, it's not like it's not like the Permatex when I'm when I'm, when I'm putting um, gaskets in my manifold. I used to race cars, so <laughs> don't get the. Um, you know what else would work is when when I had horses. I think it's Shoshin. Oh, I've heard of my that. My favorite. My favorite dog product. That's a secret. Now, you just gave up a secret of mine. I just want you I, to know that. You just you cost me money. You always give secrets away. <laughs> that but is it my, tells you, my make, most... does it make the coat slick or what? It's it's Armor All for pets. It's the Armor yeah. All of pet coats. <laughs> it is the greatest product known to mankind for coats. And it's a, it, I'm serious. Uh, they they are a not secret. a sponsor. This, this guy is actually head over heels over this stuff. No, it's my favorite product in the world. Totally. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Joey. That's okay. All his friend groomers hate him anyway because he's always giving away the secrets that they make all kinds of money on. Before we lose Joey, can I ask him a question? Oh, please, please. We'll never lose Joey. Joey's with us forever. No, I we, just we, meant, we actually have know. a contract. He's with us forever. He Seriously. can't leave. He can't leave. He can check He can oh. check out, but he can never leave. Yeah, yeah it was a bad deal. Hey, Joey, we got a, a new foster dog over the weekend, and it became apparent later after I put all the pieces together that he um, had been taken to a groomer uh, before he was surrendered to the rescue. So, it, you know, his nails are clean or, you know, cut. Uh, mm-hmm. His hair was clean, but there were so many other things that were wrong. After he went to the vet, he, I mean, he had this this oozing, gaping wound on his neck, and the vet shaved it down, and it became obvious that it was had been an embedded collar. He also had um, Ooh, interdigital I've cysts. I've seen that. That his 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 feet were were swollen. He looked like he had Clydesdale feet. Um, I'm trying to think all of the other things. Oh, his his eye. He should have had a surgery on his eye because he had a cherry eye. Um, all these things. But I, I'm wondering. A groomer who sees this, is there an obligation or a, a legal requirement on their part to to say something or to let the authorities know or it's, something? That, hey, this, this dog wasn't is, in a good situation. I have to tell you, this is very, very common. Um, I cannot speak for all groomers, but you kind of have an unwritten obligation. Here's the problem. When it's reported, and depending on how severe it is, it always comes back, well, they're taking an effort of getting the pet groomed now, so there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do about it. And I've heard that line 10, 15, 20 times when we did want to report someone for obvious neglect. But see, my thing is, if they're going to do that to their pet and, and neglect it, they're not going to take it to a groomer. Yeah, that's probably you know, she, true. 
Yeah. This had been turned over to, uh, he was being turned over to a rescue, but he had obviously been left outside. Um, that collar had been on him for goodness knows how long. He had uh, little burn marks on his neck where there had uh, been contact uh, with the, the prongs from the collar. Not a prong collar, but one of those electric collars. Oh, that, that is too bad. Oh, wow. You yeah, there are just so many things. Only once out of every time we reported, and I, I'm telling you, it's a lot. Was something was actually done about it when you yeah. reported it to, um, you know, to animal control? Only once. Mm. That's too bad. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Please. Your dog loves meat. That's why they'll love the new line of Red Barn Dry Dog Food. The first five ingredients in each Red Barn recipe are meat, fish, or poultry. Sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. The added functional ingredients make Red Barn Dry Dog Foods the perfectly balanced meal for your best friend. Available in land, ocean, and sky recipes. Your dog loves meat. We love your dog. Head to redbarn.com to use the promo Animal Radio for 10% off your first bag. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's go to Helen. Hey, Helen, how are you doing? I am doing good. How are you? Good. Where are you? Uh, Blairsville, Georgia. Roswell, Georgia? Blairsville. Blairsville, Georgia. Up next to North Carolina line at the top of the state. Oh, there you go with the accent. Now I'm going to be talking the whole show with an accent like that. I just love those (laughs) southern accents. Okay. Well, Helen, what's going on? I have the whole team here for you. Well, I couldn't. uh, My friend and I were trying to find some advantage for her little dog. She's got a little shih tzu, and he had fleas on him. And the advantage, they had it for all the dogs except the little ones, you know, like five to nine pounds or something. And uh, we never could find it. And finally, we went back week after week, and they finally got it in at Walmart. And uh, she's got an alternative vet, and they don't believe in using stuff like that. So, uh, But her little dog, you have fleas. That's bad. Fleas are here right now. And I was wondering if, you know, if you can't find the, the small ones, can you divide the, you know, the, the package for the next bigger size dog and use half of it? Well, technically, I, I'm, it is feasible, but it's not recommended um, just because of uh, accuracy in dosing. We want to make yeah, sure each pack gets... You know, I, I was wondering about that. I would be, we didn't because we were afraid to, you know, afraid to risk it that it might hurt him. Yeah, I, and especially because a lot of these products, it's just a matter of kind of getting them where where you can. So, um, you know, right. veterinarians stock these things all over the place. But, you know, I know a lot of folks like to buy these at kind of either the big box stores or where have yeah. you. But it is just so important that we do follow the directions. Right. Um, and especially for folks that have cats. You know, I mean, you really don't want to be splitting any kind of dog products on cats because oh, no, they, no, my they definitely did that one time. She has this cat, uh, a friend at church gave the cat to her, black cat, mm-hmm. and she just grabbed a package of that and didn't look, and it was for dogs, and it almost killed her cat. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, they are exquisitely. I said, first thing, I said, get her, start bathing her right now, I'm bathing her, and uh, we, we thought for sure she was going to die. It really did a number on her, you know, so that's, that's right, do not put that dog stuff on cats, yeah. we know that. Yeah. But it, like I said, it was an accident, you know. and uh, So is that yeah. advantage working now for you? No, he's still got fleas on him. Huh. Does he? Okay. Well, it is, you know, a lot of times we find that um, there can be 
problems where where we aren't applying it at the most appropriate times. So mm-hmm. we do want to stay faithful to that every 30 day um, for yeah. most of those topical products. But for other pets, we'll have to use other types of um, flea control methods to kind of uh, adjunct, to kind of help out here. Because especially in these heavy flea seasons, it's just yeah. not always practical that a topical is going to have both a quick kill and be able to take care of those next generations. And, you know, we may kill fleas that are on the pet, but they're going to get reinfested either from the populations of eggs and larvae that are hatching and growing in the environment, which means in your house and <laughs> in your yard. I take him um, outside a lot with her when she's working in her yard and, you know, put him on a leash, you know, let him stay out there where he can see her. And, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's one reason why he's getting so many on him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you can't live in a vacuum, right? You know, you can't, like, live, yeah. put your animals in this little um, room with nothing to, you know, the dogs go outside, cats often go outside, and, you know, there's a mixing of pets, you know, dogs and cats, you know, one may go outside, but they're still kind of mixing that population. So what I do recommend is, um, you know, this can be a tough flea season, and a lot of people, I know we had some callers recently that wanted to know what to do, what to go buy at, yeah. say, Costco or a big box store, yeah. and really, to if you're having a problem with flea control, this may mean you need to work with your veterinarian because there are some great products that we have. Some are oral in nature that we'll use along with um, a topical product, but um, some will have a quick kill um, that you give and it'll kind of kill those fleas and send them hopping off the pet within an hour. Um, So that may be something that we use. Or there's even new products um, such as NexGuard um, or Brevecto that will last for three months. And those, um, I've had some good success with that um, with some of our patients that are in heavy flea areas as well. But that's not something you're going to be able to do by yourself because timing and the appropriate use of Mm -hmm. different products is really, it can get complicated. So this isn't something I can say, you're going to need to pick up product A and B and use it uh, in this direction because it really does depend on a lot of um, health factors well, for your pets. She's, she's got a, a, the alternative type vet, and she doesn't, you know, she uses a lot of herbal things and stuff like that, which some of it might work, but some of it just, you know, is not. And she didn't want to have to go to another vet to get it, and that's why we were getting it at Walmart. Oh, well, you got to... <laughs> I've got the advantage for my cat, uh, whose name's Biscuit, by the way. Aww, <laughs> and, uh, I found him. Someone threw him out at my driveway on the side of the road, and I took him in. And uh, uh, one of my son's dogs raised him from a little kitten, and he thinks he's a dog. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it works on him just fine. He stays outside a lot, day and night. And uh, when I put it on him, it lasts over a month. You know, he don't have any fleas on him. And you know what? I, I've got to say that it, you know she's got to come clean with her vet, even if they have differing uh, philosophies, because it is so important that that veterinarian know what you guys are doing. Because um, you know, occasionally, maybe not in this situation, but there can be some interaction between more holistic or herbal remedies yeah. for various conditions and what you might be using over the counter. So it is always, always important to be be truthful with your veterinarian. Yeah. Um, so whether or not that veterinarian has other um, suggestions for you that are kind of in line with both your goals, um, you know, that I would certainly, if, if she's not comfortable using a, um, a topical or an oral antiparasite medicine, yeah. then, you know, maybe she has a referral to a, a more traditional veterinarian in the area that will be able to help you with that. Yeah. But it's not going to do anything for those other generations. So that's where, you know. Maybe that they've got uh, in her house, in her carpet, you know, while they oh. had ammonium, you know, I'm thinking maybe they're hatching out of the carpet. Well, and absolutely. I they, to do that, you know, I read someplace to take a pan of Real soapy, sudsy water, maybe even shavings, foam, mm-hmm. and put it in water in a pan and put the light right over it at night. 
And, yep. and watch it. And if there are fleas in the house, they will jump in that. And it'll jump. Oh, yeah. You don't know whether you've got them or not. Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about things like the flea traps at home to, um, to one to diagnose, but some people it's kind of one of the a more natural alternative where they'll try to collect. But again, that's only the adults, and that's only about five percent of that population. So the rest of them are living in the home environment. So they are in the carpet, they are in the bedding, they are, and that's just kind of the nature of the flea life cycle. Start your dog's daily dental routine with Red Barn's new dental treats, Chewables. Thoughtfully designed with ridges and grooves to help control plaque and tartar buildup in between your dog's dental vet visits. Chewables are natural, easily digestible, and your dog will love them. Red Barn Chewables, the tastiest way to brush your dog's teeth. Learn more at redbarn.com today. Use the promo code ANIMALRADIO and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. We are so proud to be a part of the Get Your Licks on Route 66 adoption tour working its way across the country. And today we're going to check in with Susan Sims live from St. Louis, Missouri. We're in your town. You're going you're gonna to have to come out and visit us. We'll give you more details coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, this hour, the alternative to pet insurance. Yeah, we've been talking about it a little bit. If you don't have pet insurance, you think you should, there's actually a new alternative. We'll find out what that's all about coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? There is yet another benefit to having pets, and this one is going to make people who have cats very happy. Ooh. Let's tee up another one for Dr. Debbie. All three of those lines are for Dr. Debbie. Which one? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. My mother said, no, there's got to be a more scientific way. How about this one? <laughs> Hi, Dolly. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? You know, there was a Stan and there was a George on the other line, but I just liked your name better. So that's why I picked this line. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> and I look like a doll. I may be 67, but I don't look it. Oh, you certainly don't sound it either. What's going on with you? My cat. I, I love animals. I love all kinds of animals. I mean, I pick them up, bring them home, three legs, no <laughs> legs, whatever, find homes for them. But um, last year, uh, a, a stray cat, I live in a trailer park, okay, and a cat had kittens. She only had three little kittens, but the runt, she would not feed him, and, and he was next door and... Um, the guy wouldn't get him for me. I got in this big argument. Anyway, I finally got the kitty, and I call him Smarty Pants because he is smart. He watches. When I get up in the morning, I wash my face. He's sitting on my sink. He's watching me watch my face. He watches me put my makeup. He follows me like a child, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, in the morning, he'll uh, when I lean forward, he rubs my nose like I'm his mommy because I am. And sometimes he'll just grab a hold of it. But what Smarty Pants does, and he's, I mean, he's just a little kitten, but he scares me because he, I had him neutered, and uh, he'll eat, you know, and he'll go out maybe for an hour or two or sometimes just a half hour. And it's like he's telling me he owns me because he'll come in 
And if I do not, I'm, I know, I know when he wants a nibble. It's not that he wants a whole plate. He just wants me to put some food out for him. If okay, so I let me ask you, not, can I, I'm going to interrupt yes, you. When he asks you for food, do you give it to him? Well, yeah, because he bites me or, 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 or I'm, he calls me and bites me. I got witnesses. <sighs> dolly, got dolly, witnesses. dolly. They get mad he, at me because I feed him. I said, what do you want me to do? He's going to claw the heck out of me. All right. That's well, right, he's got man. you he trained. Bites. He's got you I, trained, darling. He, he's, he's telling you what he wants. You've got it. You've I got this whole that. thing figured out. But, so you but, need to but, stop it. But I don't want to get bit. And he, I mean, he, he swipes me. I mean, you know, I don't, trailer's not very big. My table's okay. right there. And I mean, sometimes I don't move fast enough and he lays into me. And like I said, okay. he's got such a sweet nature. Other than that, it's like he has never, when he plays with my hand, He'll get my hand. He never uses his claws. But when stop, he Dolly, stop. Mouth, okay, okay. Me. Dolly, I have to interrupt you again because you are describing all of the things that are causing the problem. So when when he's meowing or he's demanding food, you give it to him. When he's yes, playing, he's biting he's your bite hand. Me. Never, never, never. This is very similar with dogs. Absolutely. We, we do not ever want your hand to be a plaything for a cat and certainly not one who is very um, biting motivated so we need you to stop and we're going to retrain you <laughs> this is this is where it all starts i, I need retraining all around okay well great we can do this so grateful Okay, so we can do this. And what you're going to need to do is about three to four times a day, I'm going to ask you to schedule playtime with him. And playtime is going to be where your hands are not part of the playthings. You need to get different style toys, sometimes the feathers toys that are on the little wires, things with an extension where your hands are not in the direct line of fire. And we want to schedule that playtime and then have different uh, toys that you're going to vary because cats get bored. You can't expect them to play for 10 minutes with one toy they're kind of like come on give me something else this is really boring so you got to have like a repertoire so you got to have like three to four different toys during that five minutes to ten minutes and you're going to play with them now what you need to do is you need to be very savvy at reading his behavior because a lot of cats when they're really overstimulated and they're going to bite out of just excitement you're going to notice differences in his body language. You may notice his ears. You may notice his eyes darting back and forth, looking in other directions. What you need to do is stop that playtime and give him something edible. Give him something to do. Some great uh, toys that are out there where you can hide food in them. You can actually take just a cardboard box and cut out holes and put food inside there. And you redirect your kitty to that after your play session. So that gets you out of the loop so he won't come after you and attack you. Very, very important for a kitty that bites. Um, and then you want to make sure you do this, like I said, three to four times a day. And how long is that, that three to four times? I mean, I, I just, you know, I'll, I'll play with him all day. I don't care. I just, I love the cat. I, I mean, he sleeps on my belly or he sleeps in my mm. face or, you know, and um, he has an, uh, I've never really had a cat growl at a person but there was somebody in my backyard at night, and I can't see because it's dark, but he growled, and when I looked, there was somebody out there. 
Yeah. So, well, you know what, Dally, every cat's a little different. So I can't say, I would say some kitties, it may be a two minute play session and they're starting to get kind of wired and out of control. And so that's when you're going to need to cease that play session. Other cats, you can take it to 10 minutes. So you'll probably need to work on two to three minute play sessions and do that several times a day. Um, and it's important. We don't want to, after this play session, we don't want to lock them up. We don't want to like put them in isolation because that's not really going to achieve anything. So you want to make sure you give him something else to do usually food motivated type things that's going to be the really important thing and you know in some situations this might be a great reason a veterinarian would recommend a second cat he's looking for food but this time i'm sorry forgive me i want to get bit so i left the food a little bit in the he's only going to take four or five bites all right well i didn't have that out here he would have bit me and smacked i'm telling you all right. Well, Dolly, there are tools you can use. So I'm going to mention something else. There is, um, there are um, automatic feeders that will dispense food and get you out of the loop. And that is something you can get one of those, put a battery in it, and you can have it dispense food six times a day for him. And it's a great way for a cat that is biting a person for food to get your hands out of this whole situation and for him not to be dependent on you physically for the food. Now, I'm going to tell you to give food as a reward after your play session, but at other times, you do not want to be the one putting it down after his demands. It's going to take work. So you, you just got to find that strength from within. Okay, Dolly? Well, <laughs> yes. I, they love temptations. I have more than one cat. I actually have three. I rescued two. But the trailer park people don't like take care of their cats, so I do. Monday comes over here, sleeps with me. Well, they know and, they know your number. They all have your number. They know yes, exactly. They do, and I will feed them. <laughs> I'm not going to have them go hungry or thirsty. Okay, Dolly, you I do. I will go hungry before they will. Okay. You're, you're, Bless you're, your heart. Yes, you are. Give them a big old hug from all of us, and thanks for calling and listening to Animal Radio. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how are you? Very good. Where are you today? I am on I-95, driving south. How can we help you? Are you traveling with pets? Uh, no. I have a question about my son. I'm babysitting his reptiles while he's at summer camp. Okay. I was going to say, I don't do anything for children, but <laughs> Jacko, I will. <laughs> so what's going on there with the little lizard? Yeah, it's a leopard gecko, and she's not eating for me. And I guess the last two sheds, it looks like she's clumping skin at her eyes. So I'm not oh, okay. sure how well she can see. Um, okay. I wasn't sure what to do. I tried a little bit of warm compress to see if I could help get the skin off around the eyes. Helped a yeah. little bit, but... Well, what you're describing is actually a really big problem in these little guys. And the, the underlying problem tends to be inadequate humidity. And um, even though they're, you know, native from Afghanistan and, you know, a dry environment, they really do need moisture to enable that skin to shed. When it doesn't, we can get um, problems where the toes can actually dry up, dry up and fall off. The eyes get a horrible uh, conjunctivitis and even abscesses under the lids. So with what you're dealing with, this may very well need a veterinarian to get involved. Um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I worked um, very closely with my little niece's classroom to work on this problem with their classroom pet. And um, some of the things that we would recommend would be to definitely do even soaking with a little reptile, um, supervised, you know, where we've got him in a little um, nice warm water bath. And, um, you know, if it's something where there's just a little bit of skin, it might not be a problem to pull that. But if we're talking the eyes, 
it's really something where, in many cases, as a veterinarian, what we'll need to do is get in under the eyelids, pull out the dried up pus that's down in there, and to remove that skin, um, and then get them on antibiotics and all that kind of stuff as well. The ways environmentally we can help to avoid that and try to change some things like right now would be we really need to make sure there's good humidity. And the best way I recommend is um, a humidity chamber. Um, so I don't know, do you have something like yeah, that in the enclosure? A, um, like a, a clay kind of pot area that you've got like sphagnum moss in there. So it's kind of moist in there because that's where she's laid eggs before when he uh-huh. had the geckos. So that area is moist, but should I spray her too? Spraying is fine. If you're doing a soak, that's another way to get that moisture directly to the skin. Um, In the areas of the eyes, there are medications that might be the safest around that area, but on the areas of the toes where they can get a little uh, skin caught up, I'll use a lot of times even just Vaseline down there just to kind of soften that. Um, But yeah, and the problem is when the eyes get infected and when they get all crusted up, the appetite goes down. And in many cases, unless we effectively treat those eyes, get the skin off, get the conjunctivitis under control, she's just going to do a slow decline and not turn around. So, um, you know, this is kind of where I know they're little guys, um, but, you know, there are veterinarians that can help you in your area to to get this little one turned around. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Judy, you're a dog walker, a pet sitter and a dog walker. You walk lots of dogs. Lots of dogs every day. Yeah, as soon as you're done here, you're out and you're <laughs> you're gone all day. It's it's been a great business for you, but it I imagine been. that there's harrowing experiences. And I want to ask you: Have you ever been walking a dog, and uh, another dog passes and lunges at the dog that's walking that you're walking? That lunges after my dog, or my dog lunges after them? Either one. Both. Both. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say yes before you even finish the questions. I've had almost every case scenario out walking dogs. And when I'm there at the house getting the dog, the dog is very friendly, you know, and runs around the yard. And if other dogs walk by, it's very friendly. But the minute I get out there and put that dog on the leash, different story. And I don't understand. Well, let's find out about it. How the dog can change. Joining us right now is Dr. Wailani Sung. She is one of 74 board-certified veterinary behaviorists in the United States. She, in fact, is currently the only veterinary-certified and clinical veterinary behaviorist in the state of Washington. And she joins us right now. Hello, doctor. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me to join your show. So I understand that what Judy was talking about is leash aggression. What is that exactly? Well, in my mind, uh, leash aggression specifically refers to the dog being really reactive when the, when the leash is on them. So when I say reactive, we're talking about 
barking and lunging and potentially even escalating to more aggression towards other dogs or other people. What causes something like this? Well, since we you know classify it as leash aggression, we know one of the triggers is being on leash, right? Okay. And typically, in my mind, it only occurs when the dog is on leash, and when the leash is off, this behavior should not occur. Are there certain breeds that do this more than others? You know, unfortunately, no. I think that uh, it can happen to all breeds. I mean, I've seen them in, like, five-pound chihuahuas, <laughs> up to 150-pound, like, St. Bernard's and Great Danes. Um, but, yeah, any breed can have leash aggression. It just depends on what's the underlying motivator for that dog to be reactive like that. Mm. Is there any equipment that I can use to help me in these cases? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that depending on the size of your dog, when I have, um, you know, usually when the dog is 20 to 30 pounds or under, it's much easier to restrain them on leash. But if your dog is much bigger, I tend to use a head collar, uh, which gives uh you control of their head, right? So it's really hard for them to pull and pull you down. I actually have owners that that has happened to. So with the head collar, they can't get the momentum to pull you forward. When they lunge forward, the pressure of the head collar pulls their heads to the side. And it's the same concept we use on large animals, such as horses and cattle, right? So if I had a really big dog, maybe like 50 pounds and over, I would consider doing a head collar, a harness, and a double-ended leash because I attach one end to the head collar, the other end to the harness. So I have two points on them that I can, you know, gives me 50% control of their upper part of their body. Wow. You know, while I enjoy walking with my dog, it gives me a little bit of exercise. The dog loves it. My dog likes to meet other dogs, you know, do the, the, the sniffing and the smelling. Do you have any tips for meeting other dogs? If I have a dog with uh, leash aggression and meeting another dog or just a meeting another dog in general? With leash aggression. Yeah, so unfortunately in those cases, I would tend to have people avoid that. If you feel, you feel like your dog can be friendly and meet other dogs, then we would want to be in an environment where we can take the leash off or have enough slack. And sometimes it's kind of weird. Sometimes if the dog has a leash on, but there's enough slack in the leash that mm-hmm. they're not feeling the pressure from the collar, then sometimes they are much calmer and they can successfully meet other dogs. But I would definitely choose an area where I can have a lot of slack on my leash and also maybe an area that I can potentially take the leash off. Granted, I would only do that if you have good verbal control over your dog and be able to recall your dog back to you. Sure. What if my dog doesn't have leash aggression? Is there a, a certain way that my dog should be meeting other dogs? Sure. What I tend to do is I usually slow down when I get within two or three feet of another dog. And, mm-hmm. you know, I usually call out to the dog owner and say, hey, is your dog friendly? So I make sure that their dog is comfortable. And I would always evaluate the dog's body language, right? I look at the dog and see, does it look nervous? Does it look like it's eager to meet my dog? Head forward, you know, t- tail medium, height or elevated. And when I let them meet, I let them sniff each other, like maybe two seconds maximum. And then I would call them off and let them, you know, if they're not naturally moving on their own, I'll just call my dog and take a step back and give the dog, both dogs a break, make sure they can check each other out at a distance. And if they seem like they want to sniff again, then we will approach again. We'll take another step closer and let them sniff again. Mm. So if I need help with a leash aggressive dog, is there somewhere, someone or somewhere I can turn to? Sure. I mean, there are many solutions available. Um, You can try to work with your dog on doing a massive amount of counter conditioning by having, you know, a lot of treats or something your dog is really willing to work for. Every time they see the dog, if you can get their attention focused on you, you can reward the dog for not being reactive. 
Um, if you need more help beyond that, you can certainly engage the services of a certified trainer that has experience dealing with this problem. You know, we want to deal with this problem in a positive manner, right? Sure. Uh, above that, we have, you know, uh, certified applied animal behaviorists, and these are people that have advanced degrees in animal behavior, so they either have a master's or a PhD in animal behavior, or you can contact someone like me who is a uh, board-certified veterinary behaviorist. We are veterinarians that have advanced training. We've been through residency and completed certification um, that we can help you and your dog with their specific problems. Since there's so few veterinary behaviorists or board-certified, how do we find one? Is there a website? Sure. DACVB.org. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. Dr. Weilani Sung, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Animal Radio, baby. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-958-5306. 800-958-5306. That's 800-958-5306. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The use of all kinds of animals for therapeutic purposes these days is skyrocketing. Even though research, frankly, to support the efficacy of animal-assisted therapy is still kind of in the early stages, so experts say more scientific work needs to be done so that we will know all of the benefits of animal therapy. But it did start a while ago, 10 years ago. The National Institutes of Health featured funding research on human-animal interaction. That was back in 2008. But far more research these days is being done on dogs than on cats and other animals who are involved in therapy. But there's um, some signs of change. Back in March, a few months ago, a team led by scientists at UC Davis in California published a study about interactions between family house cats and children who have autism. They found that cats that live in families with a child with autism spectrum disorder, that they often provided valuable bonding attention and calming effects to the child. Well, once again, the Golden State leads the way in improving animal welfare. The California legislature has passed a bill that allows stray kittens and puppies under eight weeks of age to be immediately released from shelters to rescue groups. Those rescue groups give them the specialized care that they need. The bill would be going into effect on January of next year. 
and a Maryland woman's rescue dogs have made their way, both of them, into the Guinness Book of World Records. Her greyhound feather has been honored by Guinness after a 75-and-a-half-inch leap into the air, recognized as being the highest jump ever by a dog. And her other dog, a Border Collie, earned records for most skips by a dog in one minute. That was 91 skips. I never knew dogs could skip before this. The dog also, the Border Collie, won for most double Dutch skips by a dog in one minute. 128 (laughs) double Dutch skips. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) The rescue dogs obviously have a dream owner. People have misconceptions about rescue dogs, and so she wants to turn that around. That she enjoys, she says, taking people's what they think are throwaway animals and making them into something really great. And she has. Clearly, my animals are underachievers. Yes, they are. I wasn't (laughs) going to say anything, but... uh... They are definitely. I mean, Nikki can eat the most sticks maybe in one minute. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's talent. Yes. That would be something, yeah, she doesn't matter what size or shape. She'll just ingest as many sticks as possible. And Boss really has no real talent other than being cute. (laughs) Which is a talent in itself. I grew up with nothing more than that. Hmm. My, my dog, let's see, Roro would be a great snorer. Oh, but we're, yes, yeah. he would be a good um, snorer. <laughs> the best snorer I know. Yeah, Patty can eat acorns, which I will try to retrieve from her mouth and often get a, a tooth to the fingernail. Um, and Tater would be probably Fetcher in Chief. Hmm. Ladybug would be the most sleuthest and slyest cat food eater. Oh, yeah. We, we, always making it to the cat food. They are funny. She knows she's not supposed I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. The birds in Decatur, Illinois, were driving the residents batty. 30,000-odd starlings invaded the city each year, taking over the city park, dive-bombing pedestrians and bullying other birds. After all the conventional solutions failed, the town called in James Solace, an 83-year-old man, sometimes referred to as the Birdman or the Crow Whisperer. Solace said he could make the birds leave but demanded complete secrecy, warning officials not to spy on him. In desperation, he was hired, and just like that, the birds all flew away. The residents of Decatur don't know how he persuaded the birds to leave. They're just glad he did it. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Ask your questions of Dr. Debbie, dog father Joey Villani, even Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, fielding calls as she usually does. She's so talented. Where did she ever <laughs> learn to talk on the phone like that? <laughs> what a, we should take a picture of that. Isn't that cute? Let's uh, go to Danielle. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. But my dog, not so good. Oh, what's up? 
Well, she is a 10-month Chihuahua Terrier mix. She's one of those little small dogs, about 5 pounds. And every once in a while when I see her outside, she'll be eating her own poop. Ooh, lovely. Yeah. Um, she actually is one of three dogs. Um, the other dogs are also mutts. They're Cocker Terrier mix, and then the one is Cocker Terrier mix, and then also Mini Pincher. So okay. we just have three dogs. They all poop in the same yard. Um I'm doing what I can, but I just, I don't want her to eat poop because she sleeps with me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And you don't want to, and, and not only for the gross factor and, you know, having to smell that breath, but for dogs that ingest feces, they have a higher rate of acquiring parasites and, you know, having just digestive upset in general. So it's definitely not a habit we want to, you know, have going on. No way. So, um, do they have access to go outside, like through a doggy door through the day or? Um, yeah, um. I live in a house where I, there's a, a room downstairs where that's where my bedroom is, and there's a sliding off door to the backyard. So mm-hmm. usually I, I work from home, and I keep the door open, so she runs in and out throughout the day. Um, okay. And the other dogs aren't, aren't doing that. They're just mostly in the other parts of the house, but she, she runs in and out. Okay. Well, the, the bottom line is that this is a, actually a perfectly normal behavior. It may not be acceptable, but it is normal. So dogs do this. It's kind of an instinctual thing. And if we look at like how dogs are raised, their, their mama dog actually cleans their backside and actually stimulates them to go to the bathroom. So she actually ingests their waste. So this is somewhat a um, kind of a cleanup mechanism they have. And then also that just becomes kind of a wacky fun habit for some dogs so the challenge is recognizing it is an instinct and it's going to happen if we allow it to happen through access so one big problem that i have with your current setup is that there's no um supervision so if she's allowed to go and do things out back at will you have no ability to correct her for that behavior um, so uh, taking her outside to do her potty needs and to pair that with a positive reinforcement, praising her, giving her a treat, and then walking back into the house. That actually it helps with a couple things. One, you know where she's doing her business and you can praise her for that. And you can control her so she doesn't get back into that. You accompany that with picking up the poo in the yard so she doesn't have the opportunity again the next time you go out and to snarf up a turd that quickly. Because trust me, they will. They'll walk by. And I've seen it happen where it's just like a... Vacuum cleaner and the, the turd is gone. Before you know it. So you really have to take control of her bathroom visits, and you can't leave a, a doggy door open or leave them unattended in the backyard because she's going to go right back for it. So okay. the the other things that we can try to do is that we want to make sure that if you do catch her in the act, we don't discipline her. We don't yell at her. We don't chase her trying to pull the poop out of her mouth because that actually makes it more fun and it becomes part of the game where mom's now going to chase me when I get to my poopy. And <laughs> um, so you want to have an alternative uh, thing you can do at that time. So you, I like to use the squeaky toy um, d- distraction. Um, so you're outside, you, you're out, whether you have her on a leash or what have you, she starts to go for the poop. Instead of yelling at her, you say, oh, look at me, squeak, 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 and you go run in the other direction. In a puppy of her age, that's way more fun than eating a turd. <laughs> so okay. you have to make something else more attractive, trying to pry the turd out of her mouth and yelling at her, chasing her. All of those things are very counterproductive, so don't let yourself do that. All right. And then... And then um, there are some over-the-counter remedies you can try. Um, there's 
deter tablets, forbid powder. Some people just use uh, Adolph's meat tenderizer and sprinkle that on the pet's food. Really? And what all of those things do, yeah, it's basically MSG and some enzymes in, in the meat tenderizer. But what they do is they make the dog's poop taste bad, which <laughs> is great. Is you'd think that poop tastes bad anyways, but, um, and of course they have to be ingesting their own feces. So whoever you're treating, uh, in their food would be who, whose poop they're eating. Um, but that can help for some dogs, but it is not the sole cure. And I have a lot of people that say they use these things, but that's all they do. And it, it will fail if that's all you do. But if you use it in conjunction with more of a training program like this, then, then, then it can help. All right. So, well, I was wondering, um, do you think that, you know, I do feed her a lot of, like, people food, like, just little snacks. Like, if I'm eating a cracker and I have an extra one, I'll give her half. Um, is that maybe helping or is that, do you think that's going to be, I don't know. I don't well, know if that's, that's making it worse, basically. <laughs> I don't think it's probably increasing the potential for her eating her stool, but what you could be doing is you could definitely be creating a fussy eater <laughs> or developing the tendency for bagging. So, um, you know, for that reason, I don't recommend that, but I don't think it's it's probably increasing the, the likeliness that she's going to eat her poop. All right. Well, thanks, guys. You've been very helpful. <laughs> Good luck with that. We appreciate your thanks, call today. Guys. Hey, thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, this is Joyce Stewart on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animals. Thank you. And now an Animal Radio flashback. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, hi, Gideon. What? Hi, how are you? Good. Do you have animals around you right now? Um, let's see. Not right now. But I have one dog, three cats, two gerbils, one Venus flytrap. Holy moly. (laughs) Well, for those of you that don't know Gideon, Gideon has been traveling around his local area, which is, you live in, uh, is it Iowa? Um, I live in Cedar Falls. Okay. And you've been petting every dog you can find around there, huh? Yep. Now, i got to ask you, what makes you want to do this? Because I love dogs, and I want to show the public that dogs are these amazing creatures. They certainly are, aren't they? Uh-huh. So you take a picture every time, or your mom takes a picture of you every time you pet a dog? Yep. And she posts it on your Twitter feed, huh? Yep, and my website. And your website. And how big is your Twitter feed right now? Do you know how many followers you have? I All I have to say is over 90,000. Holy moly. So how many dogs have you pet so far? 361. Wow. Boy, you must have a lot of dogs in your town. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And how many do you plan to, uh, what's your goal? A million. A million dogs. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Tell me the process. So when you go up to a dog, 
what's the first thing that you do? Maybe you can tell me because I'd like to learn how to pet dogs. Um, first, I ask the caregiver, "Can I pet your dog?" Then, if they say yes, and, um, I go up to the dog, put my palm, the hand. Well, I put my hand straight out under their nose, and then they sniff it. And if they growl or back away or stuff like that, um, um, then the dog does not want to be a pet. But if it comes up to you and um, sniffs it and then comes up to you, um, then you can start petting the dog. How many dogs have decided they just don't want to be petted? I don't know. Only like um, a couple. A couple. Okay, not very many. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're good at this. <laughs> Thanks. And no dogs have bitten you yet, right? Um, no. Good. <laughs> good. Nipped, but not bit. Nipped. Well, maybe they were just tasting you because you smelled so good. They just wanted to taste you. You <laughs> yeah. think? So now, do you pull over cars, or do you, or do you pull over people that are walking their dog? Do you drive around? Uh, how do you oh, find I drive, all? I drive around and then park when we see a dog. Get out. It's um the people that are like if they see us, it's kind of like weird. Like, what is this kid doing? <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. So that's a lot of dogs. How do you know if you've already pet that dog before? Can you remember all oh, the dogs you've petted? Um, no. Do you think you might have oh, pet sure a dog you can. a couple of times by accident? Yeah. Um. <laughs> there's um. It was like a pug that we pet twice. Louie. Yeah, that's the name. Louie. Louie. Okay. Louie the pug. Louie the pug. We pet twice. Mo twice. On the website, because we didn't um, see him because he got a haircut. Oh. When he was dressed at the groomers. Oh. And so um, <laughs> we didn't recognize him at all. That was pretty sly of him, huh? To get yeah. a haircut and get a double double pet. Yeah, he got his picture on there twice. Yep. So uh, now, Walter, who's your chihuahua, right? What? You're, no. Who, who's He's your... not a chihuahua. Oh, what is he? But I know you like chihuahuas, right? That's your favorite dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, his name is Walter, and he's um, I know he's part beagle. Okay. He he might be he's part husky, but the rest is he's kind of like a mutt. Okay. And what's his name? Walter. 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 Is he jealous of you petting all these dogs? Do you think? No, he doesn't care. Doesn't care. <laughs> what does he do all the time? Um, sleep. He sleeps all the time, just like me. As soon as I'm done here, I go, I take a nap. So how are you going to pet more dogs? Are you going to have to go out to other cities, or are people going to be bringing dogs to you? Where are you going to meet all these new dogs? Um, a few times people have, like, been, like, um, um, like some of my mom's friends, if they have dogs, they'll, like, bring dogs here. That's happened a couple of times. Um, sometimes we go to places to meet other dogs. Yeah. You're probably going to have to travel the country to meet a million dogs. You may have to do a tour. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm very excited. Will you keep us posted? I'm going to call you back in about, uh, how about six months, half a year, and find out how you're doing. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Gideon Kid, if you want to visit his website, it is www.ivepetthatdog.com. What's your Twitter feed? Do you know? Um, I pet that dog. 
That's pretty simple, easy to remember, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. And if you live in Cedar Falls, Iowa, or nearby, check out Gideon. Go by and see him with your dog. Thanks, Gideon. Welcome. Have a great day. You too. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Kids are so cute. Oh, how adorable is that? It is time for us to get on out of here. Thanks for coming out and playing with us today. Remember, Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers are great Kindle books for you to pick up and learn how to be your dog's best friend. They're a Kindle book available over at Amazon, or you can head on over to animalradio.pet and select the As Heard on Animal Radio button, and you'll see everything that was on today's show. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll see you guys tonight because Gideon and I are going to get something to eat right now. How cool is that? This is Animal Radio Network.